0: Welcome to Jess Williamson, the podcast, your go-to podcast for raw and inspiring messages from myself and other female entrepreneurs all around business and mindset. I am an award-winning business and mindset coach and serial entrepreneur, having scaled five successful businesses. I bring my unique and deep perspectives on helping you unleash your unique superpowers and build the life and business of your dreams. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, welcome to today's episode. I am so excited because I am chatting to my friend Erica from The Balance Theory podcast. And we are chatting all things travel. And I am so bloody excited because we have not been able to travel for so long. And she's been off living her life over in Dubai, traveling Europe and running her businesses at the same time. She'll tell us all about how she left her stable full time job in law to chase the nomadic lifestyle and how you can do it too she shares a ton of tips and make sure you stay till the end because she shares her top travel spot which i am so excited because i had that on my list for next year as well so let's get into today's episode Hey, Erica. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. We obviously hung out over on your podcast, Balance Theory, quite a while ago now. Like how long was that?
1: I think it's over a good year ago now. Feels like yesterday though.
0: It feels like yesterday, but also like 10 years ago. (laughs) So I know. (laughs) Somewhere between then. But I'm really, really excited to chat to you because you have had so many shifts, changes, careers, like changing countries, all of the above. And yes. I think now that the pandemic is somewhat over, everyone is really gearing up to travel. And I know next year I'm hoping to spend quite a few months over in Europe and doing all of that fun stuff. So I wanted to get you on and give us the lowdown on what is it like in reality because I think on online we see amazing travelling, making money, But what actually goes on behind the scenes, I'm sure there's a ton load of logistics and and mindset shifts and all of that to kind of pack up and just leave leave life as we know it.
1: So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really excited to be on the show today and kind of download what's been probably the biggest change in my life ever these last six months. As you said, we moved from Sydney, where we've lived our whole lives. And when I say we, me and my fiance, we moved to Dubai and the last six months has really shown me a lot about the way I used to attach to so many things. I've had to unlearn so many things. And like you said, kind of go beyond the front of what it's like to work remotely and really like hone in on whether that's something that's actually going to work for me, what the reality of it is. So It's been super interesting, and I'm really keen to be on to chat with you.
0: So, just to give everyone a little bit of context, what was life like
1: back in Sydney? So, before I guess we made the decision to leave, it was kind of towards end of 2021. That's when the lockdowns were really, really lifting, especially in Sydney. I was working as a full time lawyer. I was working in house at the time for a company, and I also had the podcast. So, like you, I've had my podcast for a while, but Interestingly, I don't have it as a byproduct of like a product or a service or a personal brand that is already existing. I really did just start it out of pure hobby to connect with people during lockdown. And it's kind of just hung around since then and been a really awesome way for me to connect with people. Um, so I was doing the podcast at the time, and my best friend and I also started a business called ES Fit, which was also kind of born out of lockdown because it was a local boot camp. And then with everything shutting down, we just started doing a lot of online content, which rolled into e products. So just before I left, life was very hectic, as you can imagine. I was you know, working as a full-time lawyer with the two side projects, and I'm also that kind of person that just loves a very busy schedule, love being social. So that was life just before... I guess everything changed completely. Yeah.
0: So then what sparked the decision to be like, let's just move across halfway of the world and do it?
1: I don't even remember the distinct moment. I think it was something we'd kind of entertained in the past. Like I'd love to live overseas. It was always something I wanted. Mm. But then once my fiance and I got really serious, you know, we've been together five, six, seven years now, I think for us it was really a moment of, okay, our life is kind of moving in a direction that you foresee happening, right? You kind of, you buy a house, you get married, you start a family and all those things are incredible and beautiful. And I can't wait for all those things to happen in my life. But it was almost like this small window of opportunity we saw off the back of lockdown to be like, okay, everything's opening up now. We kind of just felt like it was a moment we had to seize. And it's so funny because he's a chiropractor and he had, he was a chiropractor. He had his own business. So, you know, service-based, he was physically required to, to do his job, but he always foresaw himself doing an online business. And he just so happened to have side hobbies that were online, much like myself. So we kind of took the leap as a chance to go into our hobbies. And we really just wanted to get some travel in after being locked up for so long. And we just thought, you know, we've been here, we've built everything we've got now. We can come back and do it again if all else fails. It was kind of like this safety blanket of knowing, well, we've built a business. We've got an apartment here. And if we don't do it now, I'm not saying you can't do it when you have kids because I haven't had kids yet. So I don't know what's that, what that's like, but I can only imagine it would be a lot harder because your needs and wants come second. And that's um, part of my life. I'm really looking forward to, but I know that when that comes, it's going to be completely different. So it was kind of like a now or never moment. And it wasn't like you make the decision and then that's it, like you're full steam ahead. It was definitely like months of how we made the right call. There was so much more than we anticipated in terms of visas, you know, renting out our place, moving out, getting ready to bring things overseas for basically what's like, an undetermined period of time. Like what do I even pack in my suitcase? Yeah. <laughs> like just down to like really simple things. Where are we going to live? I don't want to sugarcoat and be like, we made the call and went for it. Cause it was definitely like a really tough time leading into it. But I think what did help was it wasn't a long period. It wasn't like we said, Oh, in one year or two, you were going to go. We kind of just made the call and in five months we were out. So that definitely helped kind of get over and done with.
0: So what made you choose to buy over, you know, anywhere in the world or, or in Europe or anything like that? What was
1: the choice? So with Dubai, we kind of firstly started looking at English speaking countries because we thought if we're going to use this as an opportunity to network and meet new people. English speaking is going to be the easiest way to do it. So we kind of, that was the first filter. We both really enjoy heat and summer over winter. So I didn't want to go anywhere that was going to be like sub-zero. And then my, you know, logistical brain was going, I'm going to have to pack way more if it's going to be cold. So I'd rather just go somewhere that's hot. We had a handful of friends already living in Dubai who had only said incredible things. And I was pretty, um, not that I was closed minded, but I just knew nothing about it. I didn't even know you know, what life would be like there. And the more I looked into it and the more I spoke to people who lived there, it just seemed so livable and fun. And on top of that, a lot of people listening may not know this, but it's actually a tax-free
0: country, Mm.
1: which we kind of thought, you know, if, if we're going to go over for a couple of years or an undetermined period of time, that's also a really good way financially to capitalize on whatever yeah. we are doing there.
0: I actually didn't know about the tax-free thing because sometimes, you know, your mind can get so focused on, oh, if I'm leaving a stable wage at home and and you're a lawyer and a chiropractor with a, an amazing business, you know, people can get so fixated on the, the money that you're losing, but having that tax
1: savings is it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. That's almost like half your income that you get to keep instead of handing yeah. it over. It's a bit hard because we haven't say, you know, gone from making the money we're making at home. And then that's just carried over straight away. We're kind of deciding from scratch in a lot of ways, but we kind of found comfort in the fact that, you know, when our side projects get to a point where they're making us a stable and comfortable income, then at least we can capitalize on that aspect. That was kind of like a, a tip over aspect. There are a lot of other reasons like why Dubai. And after having been there for six months, I can definitely say there's a lot more to it beyond the, the luxe glitzy frame that a lot of people, I think, view it as. It's um it's a really cool hub of people from all around the world who are there without friends, without family. And so everyone's super open to connecting, to mingling, to networking. It's a very friendly, safe place where people are there because they're hungry and they want to grow and better themselves. So we just felt like it was a really, it was the right place place for us at, at this point in our lives. And so far, so good.
0: Amazing. So what has life been like, you know, taking the leap firstly into working for yourself full time and having full reign on that. And I've seen you jet setting all over Europe and having the best time. You're looking very tanned. <laughs> so what is that like in reality? And obviously it's been summer in Europe and and perfect time for travelling things. So what are some of the sides to that that people might not know or might not realise?
1: Yeah, I'm really glad you asked this question because our six months that we've been gone has been kind of broken up into half that time in Dubai, moving around in different Airbnbs to test out different parts of the city, and the other half was spent travelling. So we did a massive 12-week Europe trip. And we knew we were going to kind of be working on the go. And it was something I'd seen a lot online. Like you said, it's it's really like desirable, I'd say, to kind of work on the go and be really flexible while traveling and, and being just being able to work from a laptop. But in reality, it really taught me a lot about how I like to work and the kind of person I am. I expected to work a nine to five, a full day like I normally had. And so I was pushing myself to get up and start work at nine and work all the way through to five o'clock. But in Europe, especially evenings, generally are a lot later. So I normally go to bed in Sydney, Dubai around 10:30. I like getting an early night. There you're probably eating 9:30, 10, so you're not getting to bed until midnight. Yet I was still so fixated on this nine to five schedule, and I don't know why. And it was really only until we came back and sat down, I thought, you know, I really could have been more flexible with that to allow myself to kind of flow with the new places I was seeing. So when I take a step back, I can see that when I'm in Europe and in summer, you're in a really slow, beautiful, relaxed pace. And that's incredible. And I think had I been doing creative work, like writing a book or ideating or being in a very creative process, that would have been the perfect match. Whereas because I was doing kind of like my BAU day-to-day stuff and I needed to just kind of be on, being on the islands and being in really slow, remote towns was really not conducive to that kind of work. So one thing I will factor in moving forward is, what kind of work do I need to focus on for the next few months or the next few weeks? And can I go to a place that has a tempo or a speed that's going to match the energy I need for that work? Because I really should have been in, you know, a major city which had a bit of hustle and bustle where people are coming and going and coffee shops are pumping. Like that's the kind of energy I need to kind of feel motivated and on and hustling but I I look at like work that I do, that's a little bit more creative or needs a little bit of a slower pace and those towns would have been perfect. So I think my frustration was I had the hustle and bustle work, but I was on this slow kind of relaxed time. And that's not something I even thought would be consideration because in Sydney, and I think largely a lot of cities in Australia, the pace is so fast and that's kind of the only option. Um, So that was probably the biggest realization. And thing I don't think anyone really thinks about or talks about when it comes to working kind of flexibly and on the go.
0: Yeah. And so on that, obviously, because you come straight from kind of corporate world and you're kind of in that flow of things, was there a part of you that was like, oh, but I'm on holiday. So was there any like guilt around working that whole day? And it's like, oh, I should be out exploring or or doing things and enjoying the town. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. It it kind of went vice versa. The way we tried to combat that was we thought let's do a whole week in cities. So cities that you maybe would have spent three days in visiting and and exploring. We thought let's do a week so that we're still getting in three days worth of exploring and and seeing the place. But then we can also work half the day or full days and not feel that guilt. But that didn't really work for me personally. (laughs) But I think I think you really need to try it to know. Like I know a lot of people would be able to, and maybe it's just because it's the first time I've done it. And, you know, if I go back into it now with all these new realizations, potentially will work a bit better for me. But I think for me, I've kind of realized now having done it, that I would rather just go on a holiday, dedicate that as holiday time, and then keep work kind of separate. And it was so funny. I was speaking to a friend of mine. Her name is Iris Jade. She's the founder of The Quick Flick. She recently did a bit of a trip Around Europe as well, and was working on the go. And we both had a really similar experience where it's like, let's just keep them separate. But yeah, I think it's one of those things you really just either need to try for yourself before you go in, or you really need to have a think about how do I like to work? And is that going to work, me being on the go without all the things that make me comfortable? I know your workspace is amazing. I've seen it online. I can see it now in the background. Like you've curated that space to make it conducive to you getting in the zone. Whereas when you're, you know, Airbnb hopping, Um, especially for like podcast recording as well. You just don't know what the rooms are going to be like. If you're really stuck to like being in an environment that's conducive to you working, that's something you're going to have to really think about if you want to be working on the go. The pace thing I was talking about, I think is another big consideration. Mm.
0: And what about internet and things like that? Because like small Italy towns, I'm not sure how that
1: would go. (laughs) I was a little bit like, not strict, but I was a bit proactive on that front. I'd ask them to do like, just you can ask them to do like a speed test. And just send you a screenshot um, because that's obviously a huge factor. Like if you have poor internet, then you spend five hours doing something that should take one. So that's something I'd recommend if you're, if you are traveling and need to work. Yeah. That's a really good tip. Cause that's so easy to do. Just ask them to send you a screenshot before you book it. Um, and I actually was, you know, touch wood, very lucky with all that internet connection. So that was okay. It's just more, you can't control what, surround sounds are like You don't know if you're going to be in a street that has a club on top of you. And so you can't sleep that night. So read reviews firstly, but also I think consider how you like to work in the context of being on the go because it's very glamorized and I thought it would be fun and so free, but it created a lot of stress for me personally. Yeah,
0: really. And was the stress around, because obviously running our own businesses, we get to choose, you know, if we want to work, if we don't want to work, but obviously we're running a business because we have ambitions and goals, right? We're not just here to sit back and relax and and think that the money's going to magically drop in. So what was some of the main mindset shifts that you had to make around all of that, around, you know, letting go of some of that control sometimes?
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a huge surrender piece. I think I had to, I really got to a point where, I had to really just accept that I was on this incredible holiday and if I had only three hours of head down time that day, I just had to kind of accept that that's what the day had given me as an opportunity and kind of just, I think it was the shift of, I don't have this time or I haven't done this work to, I have been able to have a day where I can travel and see this beautiful town and spend time with my fiance. And then I've also been able to, you know, squeeze in a couple of TikToks or plan an episode or so it was really a mindset shift. And I think it's kind of like out of scarcity into abundance mentality as well. But it really took me some time because I was really sitting in that guilt and frustration of I really was expecting to have exactly the same output and energy that I did on any other day when I was at home, you know, working. I just thought that that shift would be exactly the same, not factoring in how tiring traveling is and living out of a suitcase and just not having kind of a stable place, not only like did I have to shift in my mindset in terms of the surrender piece, but I really did learn a lot about what I actually do need. So it was almost like an, an inverse experience. It kind of validated what I was doing in terms of, you know, having one place and having a really not rigid, but kind of a bit more fixed structure and routine actually works better for me and my output even though I thought that that lifestyle would be something that I would really, really enjoy. So it was kind of interesting. I went into it thinking like, I'm going to, I'm going to own this and this is kind of going to be my life to thinking, well, I actually don't want that. And I'm really happy and grateful for the life I've kind of set up at home with a bit of stability and routine. And that is, you know, at, in your house, your apartment, wherever you live. So for us, it's our spot in Dubai with my desk and my things and my routine. I know where my gym is, I know where my coffee is, but you got to try these things to know what you'd like, yeah. I suppose.
0: So next time when you go traveling, do you have any
1: plans set yet? So my sister is due to get married end of next year in Greece. And it was so funny. We're actually chatting about doing a a whole month, picking one island, one spot where we just like actually have time to live there and exist there. It's not just like, you know, we're here to just see things. If I'm going to work again, it's going to be for a longer period of time where I can get comfortable. Cause I feel like it takes more than a few days to really settle into a place. And it was kind of like, by the time we had settled in, we had to move and kind of start the process all over again. So I just felt like I was on this constant reset in terms of me getting comfortable. So if I do do it again and potentially next year, it will be like a month long thing that won't necessarily be like, I'm here to see this Island. Like, of course that will form a part of it. Cause we'll have multiple weekends, which, you know, is kind of the point to live there, but definitely not like if I have any plans of doing anything less, any time less than that, it will probably be a no work, no work allocated time.
0: Knowing what you know now, what do you think you would do to like prepare your business? Would you like try and tick off a couple of things in advance, record a couple of podcasts in advance? Like what kind of things would you
1: recommend or or could share as
0: things that you would learn for next time? Good
1: question. I think I would consider where I'm going and what the pace is going to be there. Like I was kind of saying before, and when I say that, I just mean if it's an island or a major city, like your mood there is going to be so different. Like on an island, it's it's super relaxing. People are slow. Nobody's in a rush, and you kind of adopt that energy. And so, if I know that that's where I'm going, I would definitely try and allocate work that is more creative and free flowing, and not as like on a on a deadline or requires that hustle and bustle energy. Whereas conversely, if I know I'm going to be in a city and I really am going to have that time to get into that zone, I'll allocate work accordingly. And, you know, as a byproduct, try and get rid of the other work before I head into that time. And I think that comes down to really just setting an intention for that period of time or that place of what you really want to get out of it and what you want to achieve. Whereas I didn't really it's not that I didn't set an intention. I just went thinking this is going to be business as usual. And I think if I had even even um, day-to-day or week-to-week set an intention for this is kind of the energy I want to embody this week, or this is the outcomes or the type of work I'd like to, or the zone I'd like to get into. I think if I was really intentional with that, that really would have helped combat that frustration of being relaxed, but <laughs> needing to hustle. So they're kind of things i definitely recommend thinking about at least and things I'll be really honing into before the next time I do something like that.
0: I love the intention piece because I hit max burnout and, you know, now I've created so much space and flow and that's not because I've toned down my goals or being like, let's just be a little bit less ambitious. But for me, it's been really intentional around what is it exactly that I'm trying to achieve here? And then let's just forget about the rest because in business it's like, oh, someone says I need to do branding. Let me just do a ton of branding. Oh, someone says I need to do a million TikToks or Instagram, YouTube, like all these a million things. But it's like, do we really need to do all of them all of the time? And then, you know, can we streamline how we actually get to our goals as well? And I think that would be, yeah really amazing. Like you said, having those intentions for your travel.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a really good way, like you said, to kind of combat that guilt of not doing it all. Cause it really can, especially when you don't have like a set role in your business, you're the one that's kind of doing it all. You're responsible for business as usual and and maintaining things going, but then you're also responsible for the growth and kind of feeling that pull between needing to do all the things all at once is super overwhelming and something I've definitely felt as well. So I feel like if you can really compartmentalize and and bring an intention to even, even micro, what do you want to achieve this morning or today or this week, like however you kind of structure your time, I think it's really useful to combat that guilt that can come with not doing it all. And then if you wrap that on top of traveling and moving around, that can really help you, you know, in, in the face of that instability that comes with being on the go. I will say though, I don't know if you know, for everybody, they would feel or have the same experience that I had. Because I know a lot of people are not necessarily tied to their routine as such a fixed way that I would say I am. And that's that's totally fine. That's kind of their life balance, which is what we speak about on the podcast. Everyone has their own unique way they like to work, that they like to live. And so that kind of lifestyle would be super conducive to somebody who's already very free flowing and flexible with their time for anyone listening. And I think Jess, you're probably really similar to me. Like you really like having your habits and your rituals and a morning routine, and you like having dedicated space in the day to meditate or to just switch off and go outside and get some sun. And so if you like having a little bit of structure, I think it's just more for you, this conversation to think about whether, you know, moving on the go and aspiring to that kind of lifestyle is actually going to work for you in practice. Yeah
0: for sure. I personally actually like different stuff all of the time. So I personally don't really have a routine, but I do like comfort and, and knowing that I've got my staff, I've got things ready, but I had like an astrology reading once and she, she almost asked me a trick question. And she was like, so what's your morning routine? And I was like, I don't have one. <laughs> like I, even if my partner and I go for a walk, he loves routine. So he likes to walk the same route. I'm like, no, no, no. Like we've got to take a different road. I just cannot walk the same way. So it's really interesting. I mean, I've traveled and worked, but not trying to have a holiday and work with the travel as much. So I'm really excited to try that out. But I think even myself who maybe likes a little bit more flexibility or flow, that's still really, really relevant because. I would have never thought about the pace of the cities making an impact or just asking for a speed test. And I think those are really cool things to give you a bit more of a peace of mind around what to expect and how your energy is going to react to the different environments as well, because environments make a massive difference. I know that I can't do creative work sitting at my desk. It just feels a bit too rigid. So I have to go sit on the couch and It's basically the exact same as you said about the cities and the towns. Mine's the office and the couch, you know? (laughs) So it's the same kind of concept.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, whether you have a a routine and you're flexible within that, whether you're super rigid, whether you kind of just take each day as it comes, I think it's definitely worth, even if you're not considering seriously, like, you know, working and traveling um, and you're listening to this conversation, just thinking about how you like to work and what you need to feel productive is really good self-awareness because it also helps you realize if you're in a position where you don't have those things, how can you sort of not make a contingency plan, but prepare for if, if you are, if you need to be in those situations and how you can kind of make it as conducive as possible so that you're not stuck with this frustration of I'm not performing or my output is down or whatever it is. So just having that awareness of the things you need, like you said, like you have your comfort, even though it's not a strict routine, you can still acknowledge that. That's something you may need to recreate or try and emulate when you are on the go. And I think that's just really great to think about ahead of time. And something I wish I'd done, but you kind of only learn these things as you go, right? So I'm glad I'm sharing it now with everyone.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I love this so much. So one last thing I want to ask you is what is your favorite place to go?
1: This is an easy one because I've been asked a hundred times and the answer is not changing anytime soon. Uh, Milos, it's a beautiful Island in Greece.
0: Yes. It oh is, my gosh. Um, I've just been like researching the heck out of where to go. And that is like number one on my list. So tell me what you love about it. Cause I'm so excited.
1: Yeah, no, you have to go. So I don't know. Have you been to this Mykonos or Santorini before?
0: No, but I went to Paros when I was like seven years old, so I can't remember.
1: (laughs) Okay, okay, because they're kind of like the main Greek islands that people go to, and I've been to both. And this time around, we didn't go to either, and we did a lot more of the other islands, which are equally as beautiful. And what I love about Milos is it almost still feels a bit untouched by tourists. So when you're there, you really feel like you're in with the locals. You're eating, you know, anywhere you eat is good quality food. It's not like if you eat on the main strip, you you, they're going to charge you more. It's just a really untarnished kind of island. Every beach is incredible. They have this beautiful, really trademark limestone, which is that white um, limestone that you just showed me a photo of. Um, It almost looks like ice from afar when you're looking at a photo, but it's like beautiful summer days. The water's incredible. And I would definitely recommend getting on a boat. If you can do a private one and get them to take you all around the island because it's just I just had the best time there get a quad bike eat simple food and just enjoy the sun oh What more gosh, could you that want? that sounds
0: perfect to me <laughs> thank you so much for sharing all of these tips and cannot wait to follow along with all your next adventures this was such a great and timely chat and fun that now we actually get to have these kind of chats <laughs> yes yes able
1: to. absolutely and it's uh it's nice to talk about travel with people it's nice to inspire people to get out there and see the world after what's been you know a bit of a challenging two years thanks so much for having me on i really appreciate it and i look forward to catching up again i'm sure you'll be on the podcast in the next year or so again
0: absolutely i would love that thank you so much